You're very welcome to This Adult Life, the podcast, where we talk about all things to do with adult life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Mark Fennell, by the way, in case you didn't already know. And today we are talking about something that struck me. I read this and I went, hmm, it made me think. And I said, you know what? I got to share this with some people. What we're talking about is the five biggest regrets people have before dying. Now, don't worry, this episode is not a morbid one. This is going to be one I believe will be quite inspirational, if not motivational, because we're going to talk about the regrets and uh, we're going to talk about how to avoid them. But I'm also going to share with you something that I learned in life and I think it'll help you too as much as it's helped me. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get straight into the episode. This Adult Life, the podcast. The five biggest regrets people have before dying. Now, when I read this, I was like, wow. But I wanted to tell you something about me that happened me this year. And I think it will play into and give you a handle on where I'm coming at in this episode. Because what happened me this year, which I've never shared it publicly, is I got COVID-19. I know. And I was extra washing my hands and doing all the kind of things and wearing the mask. I was one of the, in fact, my family, when I got it, they said, you know what, of all the people to catch it, you're actually really careful. How in goodness did you get it? Because, I mean, you've got the anti-back, the masks and all the good stuff. Anyway, I went to one shop, one shop. I went early to collect. I was actually collecting a, a wetsuit um, for my new kayak that I got. And uh, this happened to me earlier in the year now. And uh, don't worry, I don't have it now. And you can't catch it from podcasts. So you're all right. But here's what happened to me anyway. I went to the shop, went early, beat the crowd, walked straight in, got what I needed, didn't talk to anybody and left. It was a sports shop. And a few days later, there I am starting to get... Now, I won't go into all my symptoms because we're not going to talk about COVID a huge amount. Um, I want to keep it positive and upbeat. But basically what happened was I got really, really cold. I'm talking now not just freezing. I'm talking like Baltic. I'm talking like shaking. And I couldn't dog. I was like this. I was that I got super, super cold and really, really tired. And next day then I was okay. Managed to heat up and I was all right. Just very lethargic and... Then what happened was my taste started to go. And then after my taste went, I started developing um, a bit of a temperature. And anyway, I had in the process, I got tested and the temperature started and I was waiting on the results. The results came through the next day and they said, yes, you are positive for (gasps) COVID-19. I couldn't believe it. And I wouldn't mind because of what I suppose we've we've been reading and we've been seeing. And I saw this thing on TV about people passing away and dying and they showed like um, the ICU unit and you know the fear was there I mean the fear can tries to come in straight away and like oh my goodness how is this going to transgress for me what's going to happen each day anyway I had had it a few days which I didn't know I had it um at that point because they reckoned I'd got a few days previous and they reckoned it was from that shop although we've no idea how I got in the shop but anyway it's like a big open shop as well So what happened was I, because I know a lot of you will probably wonder what was my symptoms, because I know if I ever talk to someone who has had COVID, I always ask, and what was it like? And what's the chance? So I'll tell you really briefly, but don't worry, this is not a COVID-19 episode. So what happened to me next was I started getting the temperature. And if I took two paracetamol, so to speak, and um, always consult your doctor. But I, that's what I did. And it kept away the temperature kind of every four hours. And it was grand. After that, I used to get some kind of headaches and stuff. But I was pretty much okay. I had really, really bad tiredness. I got to about day seven like that. And then I thought I was better. I was like, oh, I think I'm okay now. And the temperature went away day seven. And day eight, nine, I started getting like shortness of breath. It's like you run up the stairs 
but you haven't. So you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're kind of breathing like you've just ran and you didn't run. So I said so that started happening and probably we'll talk more about it in the future. Today, but the, the fear is in your head going, is this going to get worse? How bad is this going to get? And what's going to happen? And the fear is there, but I mean, suppose being who I am and, and I suppose doing what I do, coaching wise and whatnot, I thankfully am well able to kind of control my thoughts in that respect. Um, but I am human. You know, the thoughts do try and run on. You have to kind of focus and whatever else. And anyway, I rang a nurse because I have my health insurance. They, you can call a nurse. Anyway, I rang the nurse and they said, well, as long as you can put a, a sentence together without stopping to get a breath, you're okay. You don't need to be admitted to hospital or whatever. If it gets worse, let us know. She also said this to me. She said, if you, you need to go to the bathroom and you're able to get up yourself, go to the bathroom and then go back to where you were sitting, you're okay as well. It's only when you can't do something that you need to do or it's interrupting a sentence, that's when your breathing has gone too far and that's when you may, you may need assistance. Thankfully, three days later, the breathing normalized. And after that, then I was just tired for a week. And pretty much how it was, it was like 14 days. And after that, then it was just kind of recovery from the tiredness and I was fine. Three weeks after that, then I was back running and walking and doing all I did before. And my, I suppose my, my times and whatever else hadn't diminished and my breathing was all pretty much back to normal. Thank God. My taste was only gone for the three days, as I mentioned. So, you know, I got back to normal. But why am I mentioning all that? Because I remember when my taste came back and I remember when the breathing was normal when I woke up without a temperature breathing was normal and my taste was back and I remember like literally celebrating going oh thank god it's back it was like I'd won you know a lot like I got five numbers on the lotto and I was so so thrilled it was like thank god you know I didn't know how far I was going to get because because I I was thankfully fortunate but a lot of people haven't been as fortunate or the long covid or their taste has gone for months or different things and obviously there's some people end it in hospital and as we all know it doesn't you know some people never come home again but this is the thing and I'm sharing that because with the five biggest regrets people have before dying because here's why I'm sharing all that because when I got the simple thing of now I could breathe I got this appreciation for life that came over me. This appreciation that I could run up the stairs now and not be out of breath. Um, I was able to run up the stairs because when I had the, the breathing thing, I had to walk up the stairs, but I couldn't run it. I could totally empathize and I had such great sympathy for everyone who'd been through COVID because now I got it, you know, and I was so cautious and careful not to get it, but now I actually got it. Anyway, what did I learn from it? I learned this new appreciation I had for the fact that I could just go for a walk now. I can go and do all these things. And I'm like, literally 14, 21 days, I was completely back to normal, 100%. And I felt great. And I was like, that's what some people are like though, but they don't come out of it. They may not come home from hospital, not just COVID, but any sickness or disease or ailment. And I said, thank God I've got my health back. And I had this new appreciation. Now I, sh I say that to say this, because that's, I suppose, thankfully I've been blessed with it, I suppose a healthy perspective and I got the healthy perspective from my granny when she was in palliative care and she was dying of cancer. And I remember, um, I remember she had said to me when she was well, she said to me, she said, you know, as long as you're vertical, you've got more than some when she was well. And I was very close with my grannies. And I remember when I, I've talked about this in the previous episode about perspective, I was trying to get parking and so forth. So I got a healthy perspective, thankfully, from that moment. But sometimes we need to be reminded. What happened was, though, um, I suppose getting over the COVID and getting through the COVID, it did make me prioritize 
and and reevaluate my priorities. That thankfully, I suppose they were in a good place, but it made me just double down and go, but hang on a minute, am I actually doing what I want to do and so forth? And that's when I came across the five biggest regrets people have before dying. And I said, I don't want to have those regrets because thankfully I didn't come close to dying or anything. But, you know, to even just be on uh, in a place where your health is knocked and you're derailed and now all of a sudden you're you don't know what the future holds. It's not that you're I felt like I wasn't in fear that my future was gone or anything. But I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of uncertainty when it's your own health. I know that horribleness. And I can't relate to people who've been diagnosed with terminal sicknesses or whatever. I thankfully have not been in that situation. But I know what it's like when you're going about your day and then all of a sudden you're knocked down by something that's affecting your health. So let's get into these five most common regrets so that we can make sure that they don't become regrets. What do you say? On that note, by the way, I got to say um, thank you to everyone who does share the podcast and screenshots me and tags me and so forth. And I love your DMs and your feedback and what you got out of the podcast. Guys, that means the world to me. That's why I do this, you know, because I, I want to help people and I love sharing what has helped me. I love that sharing that with other people. So while I remember, thank you so much. So let's get into the five most common regrets. The first one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Now, you see, this is something that I've realized myself over the years. And I remember many moons ago, as I shared before, about when I had literally was burning the candles at both ends and how that ended in anxiety and torment for almost two years. And I remember because I just kept working. But you see, I realized that work is like a treadmill. It just keeps going on and on and on. It's like that, you know, treadmill that just, you know, it, you can adjust the speed, you can adjust whatever. But at the same time, it'll just keep on going. It's not like a, a road or it's not like, you know, it runs out of a out of distance. A treadmill will keep on going. And work is like that. Work will always keep on going. No matter what you do in, you get enough done, but you never arrive to the finish line. There's always more work to be done. Even when you finish one project, then on comes the next project. And work is like a treadmill. And sometimes what you've got to learn to do is hit the stop button and get off that treadmill. Now, we all need to work to pay the bills. Don't get me wrong. I completely understand that. But sometimes you need to stop and go and live your life. You know, it's not that I'm saying quit and walk away from your work. Of course not. You got to pay the bills or whatnot. But... I am saying what you need to do sometimes is hit stop and go and have a little bit of fun. Go and enjoy your life. You work to live, not live to work. And there's a very big difference. Now, you see, for a lot of us, like for me, the coaching is a labor of love. I enjoy it. I love it. I'll stay up late doing it. And I really love being in that space of helping people. So there's a lot of good comes from it, fulfilling wise and so forth. But even at that rate, I need to sometimes switch off and put some time into myself and my wife and, you know, my family, relationship, friends. There is times when you kind of say, you know what, I've done a lot, but now I need to do a lot for my own life because I could easily get sucked into it. And I know from the learning the hard way that happened to me before, and I just kept going and going and going until I burnt out. But it's so true that we can easily get caught on that treadmill because it'll always have something to give us to do. It's like in your house. You know when you decorate your house and you get it done and you just start back again on the on the room you, you first started in. Um, you know, you get all the rooms done and you go back to the one you first started in to redo it. You know, you, it's like the, it's like your housework. There's the hoovering, the dusting. It always needs to be done and you never arrive. It's one of those things. It's like the treadmill. But here's what I want to say. You're never going to regret and say, oh man, um, I wish I had a worked more. What you will actually regret is if you work too much. You're not going to regret the whole, oh, I could have done more. I, could, oh, I wish I worked six days a week instead of five now that I'm 87. You know, you're not going to think that way, but you will regret if you work too much because you'll say, you know what, working too much was great and well and good, but 
I never invested the time into maybe myself or my family or my relationship or friends or whatnot. And those are the things that are of value. And this five biggest regrets kind of proves that fact and says this is what people regret. So let's take this knowledge without us having to learn it the hard way and apply and say, okay, maybe I need to take the pedal off the gas when it comes to the work. I know I did, but you see what caught me was I loved what I was doing. So it wasn't that I hated my job and I was working too much. I just loved what I was doing. Um, But even at that case, I still need to press stop on the treadmill and sometimes go, hang on a minute. Now I got to make sure I'm getting enough time to live my life, not just to work in my life. But then another regret was this. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Now, this is one of the most common regrets. But you see, what's amazing about this is we can sometimes get wrapped up or caught up in doing stuff, doing things, working on a certain, being a certain way or doing a certain project or a career or whatnot. And maybe, you know, there was your parents expected you to be a certain way or Or maybe there was no expectation to be anyway and therefore you just fell into work, you know, the other side of the coin. But really, when you can fulfill your dreams and you have that opportunity to go after something you love, to go after an opportunity or to go after a goal or a career or a a hobby or or when you have the opportunity to go after something you will love and you don't take that opportunity, it's an opportunity missed. Because when I had the COVID, I realized that my goodness, this took all of the energy I had and the focus and the drive and all the stuff I was doing was just, I, it floored me. I was bedridden for like two, two and a half days. It floored me. And I realized that all of that, just what does really mean something in life? What is important in life? And I really discovered that for myself. And this is the thing. And when I got over the COVID, I realized how blessed am I? The fact that I can go out for a walk or cook a meal the fact that I can taste this meal, the fact that I can run up the stairs because a week ago I couldn't, you know. So when I was able to realize this, I re- I got this massive slap in the back of the head of gratitude <laughs> and say, Mark, don't ever forget to be grateful because we sometimes can forget that if there's air in our lungs, we have something that many people would do anything for. And I suppose, yeah, this is a message of being grateful for what you have. That was my lesson, having perspective of actually what's important and what what really isn't. And this is the thing when I say that though, living a life true to yourself, sometimes we can get caught up in the rat race or whatever it might be, or we can deny what we really want from ourselves and say, oh, I'll do it next year. Oh, I'll do it next month. Or, oh, that holiday. Oh, I'd love to travel, but oh, it doesn't suit now. Or I'd love to do this, love to do that. So what's that's a question I'm going to ask you is like, what have you been putting off? What if you only had a year to live? Would you do it then? And what would you spend your time doing? You see, when we start to think in that sense of urgency, and I think that's the biggest lesson from all this as well, is it's let's not put off ourselves. Let's not put off the things that we want to do or the things we think we'd love to do. Let's start planning to do them now. You get one life to live. And I've learned from getting COVID, life's very unpredictable. Even when you do all that you can do to protect yourself, I still got it. I don't still never understand how I got it, but I did. And that's how unpredictable life can be. So isn't it so important that we savor the moments and, and say, you know what, this weekend, I'm going to do this. This weekend, I'm going to do that. You know, we can all sit on the couch and watch, you know, box sets every night of the week and that's fine. But why don't you pick one night of the week and do something fun for you, different, something you wanted to do, but put off. 
you know, think outside the box. But then a lot of the people as well, we sometimes get pressured, like I mentioned, because other people, we conform to what they would have us do or they expect of us or a direction that they would want for us. And it may not be the one for us. Sometimes even confidence can be affected. And because of that confidence, we don't speak up and we don't say no. Well, I think, you know what? No is not a bad word. No is a very healthy word. It can be said with a smile. It can be said in the nicest of ways. But sometimes you have to learn to say no so that you can actually get on living the life you want to live too. And sometimes it's good to say no to things. I know someone's listening to this right now and going, you know what, I need to say no more. I know there's someone out there thinking exactly that. But it's true, isn't it? The way they worded this regret was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself. Because it does take courage to stand up and say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. No, I'm, I'm not going to be like this. I'm going after this thing for me because this is the life that I, is true to myself. Be true to you because no one else is going to do it for you. Everyone else will expect you to be a certain way, to do a certain thing or whatever the case might be. But I say to you, be true to you because no one's going to do it for you. All right, let's get into another one of the regrets. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Now, this is something I think is is warranted and needed all of the time. You know, when we, we, we like someone and we say, oh, they're, they're so cool because, you know, they wear their heart on their sleeve and you know where you stand with them because we all want to meet and talk and befriend genuine people. That's what we want. We want because genuine means honest. Genuine means upfront and it means truthful, even if the truth may hurt. That's what we all seek in friendships and relationships. But sometimes we can become the yes man and kind of like my last point, but also not expressing how we feel, you know? I mean, you can find yourself very frustrated when you don't tell people how you feel. You see, we, and we cannot control what others do or what they say or what they've done to us, but we do have the right to speak up. You see, sometimes we get hurt and we can then, I suppose, hold that anger or that bitterness inside and then actually is what causes us to get unwell because sickness and disease can come from, you know, internal unease. And I've said this before and I always say it, you know, a dis-ease, disease. When we, are at, we have a, maybe a, a turmoil going on in us, it affects us physically. You, you know yourself when you're stressed. Stress, you know, it can be in the mind for a time, but then it's, it's the knot in the stomach, it's the tension in the shoulders, the tightness in the chest and whatnot. But the point is, you know, what we think and what we dwell on affects us physically and if you've got disease well then sometimes it can lead to disease not to scare you but it can if you've ever noticed people who fall into you know bitterness or anger or frustration that they can sometimes suffer with different ailments i know it's a whole different podcast which we will get to in the future but i will say this is that that disease in you can cause sometimes disease and it's worth noting that because the best way to be in life, as we've seen that these regrets is, will be open and honest. Because an open and honest, upfront friendship or relationship is a healthy one. It may get bumpy when the open and honest, once it's done with tact and love, but it may get bumpy, but ultimately it'll build the strongest relationship, the strongest friendship. We all know the friends we have, we, we can agree to disagree, but we're still friends. They're true friendships right there. Some people now are probably more opinionated and they, you either agree with them or you don't. And if you don't agree with them, they're not your friend. But that's okay. We can, we can let them be. But really when it comes down to it, this, it's, it's one of the regrets, is, as I just mentioned, it's having the courage to express your feelings. You know what? There you go. Don't put that off anymore. Don't be someone say, you know, I, I need to say what I think and how I feel and my opinion matters because it does. So have that courage to express your feelings. Work on your confidence if that's what's holding you back. But here's another one when it comes down to it. When we get hurt by someone, we can get maybe bitter, angry, 
frustrated, sad. We may go through a lot of pain on the inside. And sometimes we need to tell the person how they made us feel. And if it's a bully, we tend not to because we don't want to. Maybe they listen, maybe they won't. But at least tell someone how you feel rather than hold it internally. Because what I know is when we carry something internally, it's like a bag, a big heavy bag that we carry around. And sometimes when you talk about that thing you're carrying, that pain or discomfort, whatever emotional state you might find yourself in, when we talk about it, sometimes talking is therapy. It kinda, and I always say it like this, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. You probably heard that old saying, which I think makes a lot of sense. But here's another one of the regrets, the fourth one. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Now, this is a good one because you know why? I think this is something we all need a reminder of. We are social creatures. We're made to be social. We're made to have friends and be friendly. We're made to connect. We all want to belong. And that's why, you know, friendships are so important. And friendships take effort because when you're busy, you know, whatever's going on with your career, your, you know, your house, your relationship, you know, your your kids or whatever you might be juggling in life. It's kind of like spinning plates sometimes though, isn't it? It's like you're trying to keep everything on the go. But here's what I'll say is, you know, the friendships can sometimes get, I suppose, left down the list of priorities. And the thing about it is, I, I, I read a statistic that I, I remember shared in a, God, a good while ago now in an earlier episode. But I remember sharing the statistic that if you've got at least one good friend, you actually live longer and there's a less chance of you getting depression when you're older. Because you've got someone, basically, because you've got someone to talk to that you trust and love. Isn't that amazing? And it doesn't always have to be your spouse, by the way. People say, oh, that means I have to be married in order to live long and not be depressed. No, no. I mean, anyone can get depression, but it just stay. It keeps away the depression a lot more and a lot much better. And having someone, whether it's your partner or spouse or whether it's just your best buddy, you know, your BFF, best friend forever. I used to always think BFF stood for a big fat friend. I honest to God used to think that's what BFF stood for. But anyway, moving on from that, <laughs> people would text and I was like, why are they texting that? <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, I discovered it's best friend forever, not big fat friend, which I actually thought it was. But anyway, moving swiftly on. Basically, when it comes down to having a friendship, though, there's a, there's a, a quote I love. It's a proverb, and it says, a faithful friend is a sure shelter. Whoever finds one has found a rare treasure. Isn't that really nice? A faithful friend is a sure shelter. Whoever finds one has found a rare treasure. I think that's lovely because when you have a good friend, you may not have lots of friends. You know, we all have like friends and acquaintances, but your close friends, you might only have one or two of those. They are a, shall I say, a rare treasure. So maybe tell them once in a while they mean something to you. Maybe show your appreciation for them. You know, it's kind of like the friend you haven't seen in a long time and you pick up the phone, it's like he's, it's like no time had passed since you spoke last, you know? They just get you. But I will say this, you know, when it says a faithful friend is a sure shelter, it's kind of like that place you can go when you need to get protected from something, someone, or even a problem, you know, like a shelter. And that's what a friend is sometimes. It's good to have those friends. But I will say this, the regret is staying in touch with friends. So I'm going to say to you right now, I'm going to say it to myself, we need to stay in touch with our friends more than we do. Because I don't think you can stay in touch too much, unless you're like living in their ear. But pretty much, it's good to stay in, because when you get older, older can sometimes lead to more lonely, and we all get busy with our families. But even, you know, we've got to make the time. We've got to make the time for our friends. And we hope that they make time for us, because it's one of the biggest regrets, not making time for friends. And the reason they say that is because the social connection, that that connection that another human being who knows you, who gets you, gives you, there's nothing can give you that besides a friend. There's no one, you know, you, when you get older and if you don't have a friend or anyone to call on, you don't have that part of what you, really, you should have in life. So it's important to keep in touch with your friends, particularly as we all get that little bit older. 
All right, and here's the fifth one. And these are in no particular order per se. I wish that I had let myself be happier and had more fun. Now, this one is, I listen, if anyone knows me and my courses or coaching or whatever, if you've ever been to one, I always will bring up, you gotta have more fun. You gotta have more fun. Because you see, love is a choice, which a lot of us don't always realize. Probably that's a whole conversation in itself. Love is a choice, but you know what? Fun is too. Happiness is a choice. People say, well, I can't choose to be happy when I've gone through something sad. No, but you can choose to do something that will, shall I say, not keep you in that sad state. And now there is a time for sadness when you lose something or someone, you know, there is time for that. But the key is don't stay there long term. That's the key. You see, we can't switch it on. But what we can do is we can learn to switch off what robs, you know, fun time Harry, you know, (laughs) fun time Sally, you know, whatever is, is robbing you of fun or even robbing your smile, whatever is kind of taken from your life, like in that respect. Well, what is it? Is it time? Is it simply just not having enough? Well, then go make some time. Remember, fun is a choice. Happiness is a choice. And it's not that you can choose to go, oh, I'm going to make myself happy because I choose to. No, you can choose what you think about. And let's talk about that for a little bit because I will frequently mention mindset. And you see, you can harvest a life that leans towards a happier, healthier, positive mindset, or you can lean towards, you know, a negative, sad, or angry, or, or bitter, or depressive lifestyle and mindset. But we make the choice what we choose. We all go through stuff, and we will be sad with things, and that's just life, and emotions mean we're human. But I always say, don't remain there, unless you really want to, because you still have the power to choose. And I always remember Viktor Frankl, as I quote him quite often, he had a quote, he said, no matter what gets taken from us, nobody can take away our choice, our choice to choose whether we keep going or whether we quit. That choice is always ours, no matter what we go through. And as you know, Viktor Frankl went through a concentration camp and he said, nobody can take away my choice, my choice to keep on going and hold on to hope or my choice to quit and forget and just let it go. We always have that choice. No one can ever stop or make that choice for us. That something is always in our hands. So knowing that we always have a choice, we can always choose no matter what we go through to do the things that will bring us that little bit of happiness, that little bit of joy, that will bring us in a more positive direction rather than falling into that spiral of sadness or or, or regret or remorse. Because you see, sometimes we got to let go of unforgiveness or jealousy or bitterness and even cutting out some of that gossiping and even stopping things like comparing ourselves. I know it's easier said than done, but all of those things, we they don't bring us in a positive mindset. They bring us to a negative state of mind. And when we get into that negative state of mind, those negative emotions follow. And when those negative emotions follow, it's harder to be happier. So we get that choice. We have that choice. What can I do today, as I always say, to make myself 1% happier than yesterday? What can I do today that's going to help my life and impact me in a more, shall I say, fun way, happier way, better state of mind way? Because I know you've gone through horrible stuff. We all have. And I know it was painful. I was sad. I know it hurt a lot. But don't remain there. Because you know what? One of those regrets people had on their dying bed, I wish I had let myself be happier and had more fun, more laughs, more of the crack August kill, as we say in Ireland. But that's what we want in life. The fun makes all the stress go away, doesn't it? You know when someone gets you laughing or you're, you know when you're in the, the heat of something, something tense, stressful, and it's really kind of got you, I suppose it's stressing you out. 
and then you watch something on TV or something funny, and then all of a sudden it gives you a little bit of a giggle, and all of a sudden your 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 mindset is shifted into having a bit of a laugh. I know Friends always does that to me. You know the box set or the TV show Friends that always makes me laugh, um, or this other one I'm watching now at the moment called Shit's Creek. It's really funny. I don't know what it is about the, the the sense of humor. It just makes me laugh out loud, like literally out loud. But here's the thing, like those are the things i'm not saying tv shows but it's it's things that will make us laugh have some fun like when you look at your week monday through sunday i'm gonna say right what did you do that's fun this week or what will you do and if you say to me i've nothing planned like that well you need to go plan it go plan something that's gonna be a bit of crack a bit of fun a bit of laugh whatever plan it even if it's just i can't plan anything well then just plan to watch a comedy movie you know what you need to do but when i hear people say the regret is i wish i laughed more I think that's so sad, isn't it? I mean, can you even laugh too much? I don't know. Well, maybe if I suppose in the wrong places you could. But the point is, we need to work on laughter and we need to work on happiness because those things don't come always naturally. They take a little bit of effort. They take us making a choice to choose to, I suppose, create a life that brings these things on board. So I have this question for you. What one change are you going to make so these five regrets aren't regrets of yours? Because I tell you something, when I got COVID, I realized that, you know what, I am so grateful the fact I can just breathe normal. That alone in itself was like a victory. Something I had my whole life that I never took much notice of until it was threatened. And so I realized that sometimes we can all get caught, you know, hands up, guilty as charged. We can all get caught focusing on stuff that's not that important. Well, these regrets today... Let's not make them regrets. Let's turn them around and make them goals. A goal that I'm going to make sure I laugh more and have more fun. A goal that I'm going to make sure I keep in touch with my friends. A goal that I'm going to express my feelings when I feel strongly about something. A goal that I'm not going to work as hard. I'm going to make sure I get plenty of time to enjoy life for myself and for my loved ones and with my loved ones. And let's make sure that we make it a goal that we have the courage to live a life true to ourselves and not of what other people say we should be like, or society, or any of those things. Be true to you. And I wanna share with you an opportunity of something that I think is going to help you if you struggle with anxiety, or fear, or stress. I'm actually hosting and running a live Zoom online workshop, two nights, and it's gonna be called The Anxiety Course. But why am I saying this to you? Because, well, first and foremost, you can head to my website and get your seat. And I will also say this to you, I've got a special discount code just for you. It's all one word, it's early bird anxiety, no spaces, so that's early bird anxiety. And it is valid till the end of the month and it will get you 25% off the ticket. So make sure you head to my website as soon as you get off this podcast, get your ticket for my upcoming anxiety course. It all kicks off June the 15th and June 22nd at 8 p.m. So it's two nights, June 15th, June 22nd at 8 p.m. It's done through Zoom and it's the anxiety course. You can read all about it on the website markfennel.ie. But guys, listen, thank you so much for listening today. Please do share the podcast because as you know, these podcasts may help you, but it also may help many other people. And lots of you have been sharing it. Please keep up the great work um, and do tag me if you get a chance. I love that too. Um, I will also say this as well. Um, if you have a moment to spare, make sure you uh, subscribe and a five-star review would be 
amazing. Why is it so amazing? Because it helps get the word out there even more so for the podcast. The more ratings it gets, people go, oh, they've got a couple of five stars that must be worth hearing. And you never know what it might do for somebody. That's all I ask, guys. But listen, make sure you subscribe. And uh, whatever you do, head over to my website, markfennel.ie. And I will see you there, if not on social media, on Instagram. Um, Well, I'll see you somewhere. But until the next podcast, you've been great. I've been Mark Fennel. And you're listening to This Adult Life, the podcast. Thank you.